Welcome to Tenet Men. Welcome to Tenement. I don't know why I said it twice. I'm your host, Steve, uh, and I'm joined by uh, Kevin, and together we are going to complete a methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high-concept time travel film, Tenant. We are doing a minute-by-minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I'm on Team Red moving forward through the film. Kevin is on Team Blue. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Uh. I, I tell you, uh, my minute is dizzying. Um, <laughs> it's the first minute I have multiple Neils running around <laughs> in the same minute. So <laughs> it took me, I'm trying something new. I'm, I'm actually copying more how you have approached your minutes with Ooh. the time markings. And we'll see how that goes. Because I have like three or four different settings, um, different conversations going on and different action. I'm excited. So. I'm excited. This is uh, episode 10, by the way. Um, so we're going into the 10th minute of the film on the front end, uh, minute nine twenty one to 10, 21. What's your, mm-hmm. uh, what's your minute? Oh, uh, that's a good question. My minute is, uh, two hours, 14 minutes, 21 seconds and moving, uh, forward in time to, uh, two hours, 15 minutes, uh, 21 seconds. Excellent. All right. Um, I will go first, starting yes. at nine twenty-one. I have a, a very dialogue-heavy minute here, um, <laughs> not a whole lot, but um, and I think I alluded this to a little bit last week. I do not like the dialogue of the scene. My <laughs> my least favorite line is in, in the whole movie is in this scene, uh, and it's it's actually the last. Line. I'm so glad it made it into this week because it's the last line in this minute. Um, but let's just jump into it. So. Yeah. And oh. also, just even, I'm interrupting you before you even Go ahead. started. Um, <laughs> just this character of Faye is such a question mark in the film. Yeah, he is. Um, I don't like him. I, and he's a good actor, too, by the way. No, like, no, I like no. Him. Yeah, I like him as an actor. I don't like him in this movie. And I don't know if we're getting into it in this minute. I'm looking at the script. But there's a lot of the dialogue from this was used in all of the trailers. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, uh, so it makes you feel like this guy's going to be important, especially your first watch of the movie. <laughs> right and it's but, just like like two hours in you're just like can that guy come back and explain a little bit more <laughs> yeah but okay yeah. Go ahead. uh yeah let's do it so 921 uh where we ended last week last minute uh his team did not get clear and he uh the protagonist just learned this right so 921 uh faye responds with private russians we think uh, which is actually a pretty a good line, actually, because who are these private Russians? Oh, it's obviously Seder. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah. And just um, clearly not Putin. <laughs> no, no, no. Which is always very clear in global politics to tell when it's not Putin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I saw a great Putin joke yesterday, and now I can't remember it. If I remember it later, I'll... I'll, I'll say it. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I would just like to declare um, my <laughs> I... <laughs> no go <laughs> food jokes around the table. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, 
Oh, and then uh, this is a good one too. So uh, the protagonist, after Private Russians, we think, uh, protagonist responds with somebody talked, right? Which is I, like I had to read the script to figure out what that was, or, or have the have the. It's a very mumbled line. Very good line, though. It's actually a very yeah. good line, right? Because it's obviously the go-to thing. Like, oh my god, someone gave us up, uh, and Faye. I don't know if he knows it or not, right? But he doesn't even he doesn't really respond to that, right? Uh, yeah. But obviously, nobody talked, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's the, we all know this after watching the movie. Nobody talked, right? Sater mm-hmm. used inversion to understand what's happening and was able to to beat them to it. Um, but anyway, Faye responds with, "Not you. You chose to die in, instead of giving up your colleagues." Um, and, yeah, no, sorry, I mean, ahead. with the assistance of the other guy from, you know, I guess the plain so. clothes guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, I assume like when you get to the levels of like CIA, like no, like no one in the CIA is giving anyone up. Right. Aren't they like trained and positioned so hard yeah, I, that. Um, or yeah, you... like I said, I think I think everybody has a breaking point at some point. I think anybody I've, I've read a couple of no, uh, uh, accounts of people being in prison, especially from like the Vietnam era. And they always talk about you, t- you have a breaking point and they train you in SARS that at some point you're going to give up information. Mm, OK. <laughs> and just but you can control when and how and, you know, uh, kind of stuff that you're going to give up and do. So I wouldn't say they would never talk and they would choose to die. Um, but I, for the purposes of this film, this was a very elite group and they, yeah, they chose. Okay. But I would, I I would (laughs) just inject, but the, what we're going to learn about the protagonist through this conversation is that he is a ghost with nothing outside of his profession that he cares about higher than the profession. Uh, which is, makes for a great James Bond movie, but is just not a, a great human story well he's less human than james bond i would say because we know james bond likes to drink and likes women which is more than we know about the protagonist this guy just likes diet coke what is it (laughs) what's his thing yeah yeah diet coke uh and and the job right like i don't know like he he's not he's not a relatable person yeah, that's the and that's like uh, often criticism. That um, is the biggest criticism, right? Like he, he doesn't even have a name, right? And maybe that's on purpose. Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. We could dig into that more. I don't know if this is the place to yeah. <laughs> approach that. Um. Anyway, so Faye responds, "Not you. You chose to die instead of giving up your colleagues." Uh, protagonist is. There's uh, another really just good acting moment on his part, though. He's like holding back tears. He's like just quivering he's uh you know not not in a good state of mind here um let me go to just to point out his dad always has that tear that one teardrop in (laughs) in every movie it's a denzel special that one teardrop he's guys (laughs) i have to confess something i didn't know that this is denzel washington's kid until like two weeks ago Oh really? We never brought it up. I no, I don't think so. And I just, well, no, because like I saw, I read about it online one day, and I'm like, oh my god, how did I not know this? How did I not know this? Yeah, I feel stupid, and I've just confessed my stupidity. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he doesn't advertise it well. No, um, so no, not at all. He's trying to make. It seems like he's trying to make it on his own. Yeah, and merits, and he's good. He's, he's, he's good. Yeah, 
I, I might like him better than Denzel. I think Denzel's maybe a little overrated. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that be, you know what? That's going to be our next podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we're up to nine minutes, 37 seconds. So now we're, it's a new shot. We're outside, uh, outside on the boat deck. Uh, protagonist has a blanket on. Uh, and Faye says, and this is this is some meh dialogue here. Uh, we all believe we'd run into the burning building, but until we feel that heat, we can never know. You do to the protagonist, right? And like I know what he's saying. <laughs> I know what he's saying. And maybe I'm just I've seen the movie too many times, and like this like hyperbolic dialogue loses its effect quickly. But I just I don't love that line. It- it was heavily used in the trailer too, so it's the one yes. you probably heard the most. Yes. Um, and later on in the movie, he does actually wear a fireman's jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that's foreshadowing. Or... <laughs> um, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, uh, I don't hate it. Um, it's a little heavy-handed. Um, not. I, I like the next line. <laughs> not my least favorite. Um, and he says, "Yeah, you do." And then there's a long pause. Right, because the protagonist, like you can just see, like the the, the wheels are turning, something's up, and yeah. he just responds with, "I resign." <laughs> I resign. I resign. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Which I, I yeah, I do like that. It's like no, like f off. I resign. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Faye is like, "You don't work for us. You're dead." Uh, is that a threat? Oh, I didn't think about that. I think uh, that's a threat. You think that's a threat? I, he's a liability for sure if he's not in the organization. He, he doesn't know anything, though. He doesn't know anything. Uh, well, we'll get it. I think it's in the next minute we're going to get the line, knowledge divided. Uh, not not in this minute. Yeah, yeah, not in this minute. It's the next yeah, minute. Next minute, yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, the any knowledge of what is about to be explained to him is worth... It's, is worth killing a man for, right? In the, loose in, the wor- in the world of tenant, yes. In the yeah, loose end, yeah. But I don't, like at this point, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't like you know. He still thinks that they were going after some, you know, uranium, right? Yeah. He doesn't know anything. Still a loose end. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, they don't mess around in the CIA, I guess, huh? Um, so you don't work for us. You're dead. And then he says, your duty transcends national interests. This is about survival. Yeah. Uh, Protagonist responds with whose, and he's intrigued. And then Faye responds with everyone's. We're just about at 1021. Okay, yeah. And here's here's the line. Now you know. (laughs) Faye says, "There's, there's a cold war, cold as ice. It's cringy. It's so cringy. I, I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) <laughs> I there's a cold war fine I'm good yeah. with that cold as ice adds nothing it's adding nothing to the scene except mm-hmm. makes makes me angry yeah it's a cringy line yeah I mean I I don't know Let, let's pitch let's pitch three better tags to <laughs> it's a cold war it, 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 it's a cold war may tag cold <laughs> no oh, fuck it um <laughs> 
Uh, we're in the writer's room now. Uh, okay. Uh, what else are cold? Cold. Cold. It's a cold war. Arctic cold. Mm. It's, it's a cold war. Igloo cold. Frigid. <laughs> penguins. Penguins. Something with penguins. Why am I? I'm, I'm in a. I'm keep thinking of animals. Oh, um, oh. Cold, cold as the Rockies. Cold as the Rockies. Cold. <laughs> Cold as a Coors Light where the blue cans yeah, are exactly. super. <laughs> oh, yeah. Am I am I am I off base? Am I am I too hard on this? I think line? you're being a little critical. I think they were shooting this scene for the trailer because <laughs> we're 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 not even ten minutes in. So, they, and a lot of the dialogue they use for trailers, good trailers, are only within the first. 10 minutes of setting up what the movie's about. So I, I think they may have overwritten parts of these kind of things. That's kind of what I often see. Um, when they know they're going to shoot stuff for a trailer, they kind of might overdo it. Because was, I don't even know if that line was in the trailer, but it seems like I don't it, think it so. seems like a it seems like a line that could have been. But as you say, they probably saw it and go, "Okay, let's cut that cold part down a little bit." They could have, they could have cut it from the movie too. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, let's stop with the firemen. Firemen burning building fire, good ice ice bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but maybe you know what? That maybe maybe that's the the whole point, right? Because he, mm -hmm. he's talking about fire in in the same minute, talking about cold as ice, right? And there's like that that entropy play to it, right? Oh, the inversion play. Yeah, see, overwritten is what I'm gonna the word I'm gonna use. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's intentional, but I'm I stand by the the line is just very cringy. Yeah, um, and is he in? Is he <laughs> is he in an iceberg at any time? <laughs> he's in a fireman's outfit later. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, he he's in the car when it explodes, right, and the, it turns to ice because oh. he's going backwards through time. He himself turns in that to same ice. same scene. Yeah, Hypo he Metaf becomes hypothermic. Metaphorically, the fire that he would rush into makes him cold, like ice. All right, I I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let us know your thoughts at Tenant Men on uh, the Twitter. Yeah, anyway. at, Ten at Tenant Men, you could talk to us there. Or if you really want us to get our, our attention, the best way to get our attention is to leave a comment on whatever service you're listening to us today. Um, so go leave a review, whatever you think, whatever stars you think we deserve, um, and then leave your question in that review and comments, and we will address it on air. That's the only way to guarantee we're going to address your, um, your comment on air. And with that, uh blue team is up okay Oof. okay starting at two hours uh 14 minutes uh 21 seconds um we 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 start off with some action this is all action we're 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 cutting in and out of scenes um at 14 21 we have an overview shot of the car that neil is the truck that neil is driving in this is the neil that uninverted himself he's now moving forward in time driving the car and the reverse, <laughs> the inverted mortar shells are landing in his, in his path. They're now at this point in time at the movie I'm talking about, um, they're landing behind him or unexploding um, uh, behind him. Um, and then we get a couple shots of blue team members running around on the ground. Somebody takes an interest in the vehicle as if they know it's not supposed to be there, um, but we don't know who that is. It's a blue team member. Um, again, we got crazy 
regular explosions and inverted explosions going off in the background in the Stalag uh, setting. Uh, 1428, uh, we cut to the boat, um, the yacht. Hold on, and... can, we, can we pause for a second? Please. <laughs> <laughs> so like, this is, uh, this is one of the hardest moments in the movie to follow. Right. And it's like, it's your next couple of minutes, right? This whole, this whole battle scene, right? At the I, end of the movie. I had to go forward a little bit. I had to go, I had to watch this ending, the third act, just to kind of like get my head around who, which Neil this is, which, what, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm confident in that he just inverted himself and we'll see him uh, in the previous minutes uh, coming out of the turnstile and getting in the car. Is there anything like, um, environmental to let you know whether like you're moving forward in time or backwards in time, depending on like the type of clip that they're showing you. Like, so like, Ooh. does, does the music change? Have you noticed, like, have you noticed anything like that? Cause like, I'm, I mean, I've seen this movie, you know, a dozen times now. Right. And I still <laughs> actually struggle the ending the most, or maybe the middle, the, the middle of the movie is also very hard to follow. Um, but this scene is very hard. Right. Cause like there's stuff That's that happens forward in time. There's stuff that happens backwards in time. And like, is there any clues to kind of like piece it together? Okay, I, <laughs> I'm already laughing because I'm figuring it out that I, I think that we talked about the snow that's in the script that's mm. kind of in the last scene. Yes, um, that that would be something that would definitely be a visual clue, but also it's just there's so much noise, even like visual noise, um, the the, the ordnance exploding and unexploding <laughs> um, going on in the background because that could confuse you, even though remove the the movie you're watching or the, the video film you're watching is moving forward in time and you're watching Neil move forward in time, but there's un there's things being unexploded yeah. in the background and all around. I didn't notice if there was any um, debris falling um, that would trigger, but then there would be debris being sucked back into an explosion in the same Well, that, well, that does happen at least once. Yeah. A um, dude gets like sucked into a wall at some point. Yeah, I, I know there's a lot of visual imagery, especially with the colors. But in this scene, it's all kind of um, uh, muted. Is there um, any you have the script? Is there anything in the script that would suggest otherwise? I'm just curious. Like, I wonder, like, if uh, we should we should get uh, Chris Nolan on this. Oh, uh, on, on the oh show I should sometime. have read this, actually. But like, is there anything in the script that would suggest like when things are moving forward versus when they're moving backwards? Okay, so Neil, okay, this is how it reads. Neil races up the slope of the ridge through the mine, they're not mortars, pardon me, through the minefield, setting off personal mines in his wake, narrowly avoiding running himself over. Ooh, that's something we don't see. Oh. Narrowly avoiding running himself over. Do we see that? I'm, I'm a few, script wise, I'm a few minutes ahead of myself. Um, but that's how it reads in the script. I, is, me. I I I think uh, this scene probably did not come together the way Christopher Nolan wanted it to. It it's just from all the cutting. Yeah, I think there's. I mean, that's an interesting thing if he almost runs himself over, but I can't think of what Neil that would be at this point. I mean, we see. I mean, maybe that's why there's that insert insert shot of just another random blue character who takes an interest in the mm, car. Maybe. Well, this is this is the Neil that went through the turnstile to to move forward through time to, to get the protagonist out of the hole. Right. But you know, for him to come so, back, that means there is another Neil in there moving backwards through the mission. And we're about to see him in my minute two. So at this, according to the movie, that Neil is in down with the protagonist right now. 
Oh, uh, no. That's, a, that's another meal. meal. That's another okay, okay. meal. There, let's start, at least, let's start, let's like start a, with the first meal. We have to name these meals. There's got to be four meals. Okay, let's start with Neil Prime. Like the, the, the OG Neil. The, the OG Neil, Neil, who's just going to go through the mission normally. Well, so for all of the inverted people in this mission, for all the blue team in this mission, they sat idly by while the mission played out once. Because they had to get to the end of the mission to come back in time to do the things that they do. Ooh, I don't think you're thinking three-dimensionally. I, I don't think they sit out. I think they participate. They participate going forward and then come backwards? No. Well, hmm. No, 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 no. Hold I on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When, when what's his face? Beardy, Beardy McBeardface. Ives. <laughs> um, when he is, like, doing the mission prep, right, mm -hmm. he alludes to the fact that the blue team sat out, but that they were getting, like, a briefing on information that only they needed to hear. But that's because they've just returned. No, they don't. They don't go through the mission twice. They get their orders because someone else watched the mission play through, and now they're given new orders based on that information on what to do going backwards. I could be wrong here. I'm having uh, I'm so <laughs> lost right now. You're having um, you're the, the having very, a temporal the very panic concept attack. Of, uh, <laughs> temporal panic. <laughs> Because there's as as we understand it, there's no going back. You're not Marty McFlying this. You got one shot at this, but you happen to have the knowledge of people that are traversing uh, the opposite way. But to traverse, they must have gone through the motion. They're inverted, so right. at the point where the mission is started, they just got back. From the mission right but like to go through the mission inverted means they had to have lived through the entire mission to come backwards well yeah they're going backwards as the mission is taking place right which mean but like but like the bomb goes off when the bomb goes off right they know what time the bomb's going off so like the blue team like what was the blue team doing the very first time this mission happened there is only one time no there's not there's not yeah there is no there's not <laughs> no, there is. There, whatever's happened, happened. There's no changing time. Okay. You've got one shot of the temporal pincer. That's then, why they can't go back to that that car race any. They can't go back to the highway scene fifty times. Neil, like the protagonist, does, but that, but he can't really change the outcome. He could, but he didn't know enough. He did it wrong. Because <laughs> it's cowboy. That's cowboy stuff. Um, oh, well, no, but so. Like, so Ives is giving that mission. Ives is giving that mission brief as soon as the the inverted people have come back through time to the point of the mission. To the blue team, the point of the mission is the end of their mission. The beginning of the mission is the end of their mission. So let's say they in what they invert like at twelve minutes, and then they go, "Okay, Ives, this is what happens. This is what you need to know." And then he turns around. He has one minute to brief his team. And they go in. But how does, but for the blue team to get to the beginning, they had to have gone to the end. Yeah. But, but, the, but the end for the blue team is the beginning. Like when I finish this little maneuver, I'm at the beginning of the movie. And I can tell you what happened. But, and you could say, 
Well, I'm at the other end, <laughs> and I think something different happened. You I mean, know, we're, we're saying the same thing, but I guess <laughs> what was the blue team doing before they inverted to go backwards through the mission? What was the blue team doing before they were inverted to go? Because the blue team is going backwards through the mission, like in the time that in, in the way we experience okay. time. Right, yeah. the blue team is is inverted. They are going backwards through the mission. Yes. What were they doing before going backwards? They were okay. I have to think about this. <laughs> so they have to start at the the end of the mission. So they go forwards ten minutes, probably more, because they have to get set. Sure. Yeah. Well, so it takes time to invert that many people too. It, it's just like it took Cat extra time to get into um, um, Vietnam, so yeah. she goes she goes a little bit past everybody. So they go a little bit uh, past the time, um, and then they prepare normally for the mission. They don't have the briefing because they're the ones collecting the information. They, they do don't have, get a briefing. They do have a briefing, though. I mean, it's this is what we're going to do. They they have a briefing. Isn't it yeah. the red team that has a briefing? Because it's Ives no. who gives it. He can't know. He can't be on the blue team. He's not on Ives. the blue team. He's on they, the red team. But both teams have a briefing, don't they? I mean, yeah, but to the blue team, it's just this is what we're going to do. And then as they're going through the mission, they're gathering information to give to the red team. I think uh, actually what <laughs> I think watching the scene in reverse is not doing us a, a, a is doing us a disservice. It really is. Because I'm <laughs> I have not even gotten to my second scene yet. <laughs> not only are we just breaking down the premise of, of entropy, inverted entropy here, but uh, it doesn't even work when trying to analyze this movie. No, I mean, it's gobbledygook. <laughs> but in the premise of the movie, it should make sense. And it makes sense to me. Uh, I think we got our wires crossed somewhere. And I, 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 too, had my wires crossed in the last minute. There's something I want to bring up when I get to back to the protagonist in my minute. All right. I'm sorry. I'll we'll... stop. I, I, here's the question. The question well, is like, what we is got, the... we got minutes and minutes and minutes of this and we'll get to the briefing scene. All so right. let's keep this conversation going. And All then right. when we get to those briefing scenes, let's re-examine this conversation. Okay. Cause we do see Neil in a briefing. I, I he's I on think the team. There's four Neils. There's four Neils in this scene. And I think we only see two. Okay, so Maybe actually, three. the Neil I'm talking about in the car, I think he's Neil too because he is Neil that inverted back to forwards in time. I think that's Neil three actually, and that's where. Ooh, okay, fuck. Okay, so Neil one is the first his first entry Neil, inverted don't, into the I don't mission. think I don't think we see Neil one. That's the thing. Maybe in the briefing. No, I think the <laughs> briefing is Neil two. It could be any Neil, except for the. Oh wait. This is all relative to the Neils that we're aware of, by the way. There's definitely more Neils out there. <laughs> I like to imagine there's a Neil just running backwards through time, like always. Like it I want to see, like a, I want to see a dude like jogging by my house backwards and be like, "Oh, there's that's Neil 36." Could he keep going because he can only go back until there's an? He, I don't think there's another turnstile further in the past. Um. It's no, it's the same. It's the same turnstile. It's the turnstile they all use. It's a turnstile they all use in the in the mission. Yeah, but he can't go any further past the the building of that turnstile. Uh, we don't know without turning himself back around. We don't know. No, we don't. There's things we don't know. 
Okay. So for argument's sake, I'll call this Neil three. That's fine. You call him whatever. The uh, dude in the car is Neil three. Whatever. <laughs> I'm, let's go to Vietnam. Let's go to some place where America has some clout. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's go to some place that's never been in a quagmire. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Seder Swine. Um, well, they're sitting, <clears throat> uh, they're sitting having drinks on the yacht. Um, he states, uh, "Tomorrow the sun will rise in that same spot for the first time in history, because I've told it to." And he looks at her. She looks at him. Uh, you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? And. Uh, she says to him, sounds terribly important, Andre. And now she's, we know she's acting in this moment. <laughs> but she understands what he's talking about. And then she starts skirting around with the, the shower, portable shower head on the side of the boat. And she sprays down the sunscreen that's on the floor that will become important uh, after she kills him. She states, he states, um, he asks her, oh, where are you going? And she goes, oh, aren't you hot? So she just starts, you know, randomly spraying herself in the deck and she he's like what, what are you doing now and she's like oh i spilled sunscreen he's like sup what she's like it's slippery and then he says uh just come here and then i guess she's trying to like kind of buy time here and then she asks him to turn over and she'll put some sunscreen on his back and then Seder says uh, uh the sun's almost gone metaphor yeah actually that's in the script i'm not so sure that's in the i don't remember that line actually i they think they do allude to the sunset they they do he did in the earlier side that will rise in the okay. same spot in history okay now we get into some shit <laughs> now we're in the hypo center we're by the well the protagonist is fighting with volkov um he's trying to he's trying to this is where i want to correct myself he's trying to drop the algorithm into the well the bomb does not detonate the algorithm. Mm -hmm. I think I was mistaken by that. Um, and the dead man switch does not um, trigger the algorithm. The, the purpose of the bomb is to bury the algorithm deep down into the well, where in the future it will be uncovered by future people and they will trigger it, wiping out um, existence. Oh, is that it? This is I, I did some digging online because I want I was looking for dead man switch. How does it work? And the, and th that's why that well is there. Volkov falls down that well in my next minute. Um, and I, I remember I was a little confused on like, oh, but she kills him and the trigger the algorithm doesn't go off. How does a dead man if, a dead, if the... you can kill him and the dead man switch doesn't? It's so like the the idea is that only Seder and the people there are will have knowledge of the algorithm being there and then the future people will be able to pull it up and but and part of that is that Seder has to kill himself because he can't have that knowledge moving forward i thought him dying does trigger the algorithm to again i think we have a huge disagreement here but he dies Right, him dying is what like puts the algorithm, like turns it on and sets it into motion, which like undoes the universe basically. But Cat uh, kills him. Right. I think it, it takes time, right? And uh, well, <laughs> but, 
But moving forward, he's dead, and the algorithm is now in the hands of the protagonists. Well, well, they disassemble it, and it's useless anyway. It only works if it's assembled, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I, think, <laughs> I mean, I think the the operational efficacy of the algorithm is is, is TBD. Yeah, um, it really is. Um, <laughs> we never see it go off, so we never see it. We never see an activation right. of but it, or there's right. no ticking clock on it. No, um, you're 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 right in a, that. It's a camshaft. I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think it's nonsense. I think it's bullshit. I think <laughs> I don't think it actually does anything. <laughs> The whole thing was a sham. Um, <laughs> the real algorithm was in my pocket this whole time. <laughs> the real algorithm is knowledge of the algorithm. Um, in the bootstrap paradox, um, the real <laughs> the paradox is the where, where the knowledge originated from to build it. You can never build something. Um, it. Uh, <laughs> I think you're you're right. In like the bomb, the purpose of the bomb was to bury it so yes. that no one would find it. I think the the purpose was to bury it so that no one was would find it. Based on Seder's speech, like the future doesn't want to exist because the future is bleak because we destroyed the earth, right? Mm -hmm. So by sending the algorithm to him, he could assemble it, like destroy the universe and prevent, I guess, all that that horrible stuff from happening, right? Hence, you know, Seder playing God on the universe. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with all that imagery. I, again, the further we get into the minutiae of how certain things work, the more we're right. We just don't understand the, the operation of the algorithm. Is I mean, the algorithm itself is crazy, right? It's it camshaft is such yeah. a good description. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well. Okay. Now we cut to Ives. Ives is getting up, um, confused. He grabs the gun that um, I believe Ives. It's either. Ives grabs a gun that was right by where Neil's body was. I think it might be Volkov's gun. Um, and then we catch Neil closing the door and running away. Or, or yeah, uh, running out the door, um, which itself is a, a paradoxical thing. How does the door get open? Well, from Neil's perspective, the door is open when he got there. Well, he picks it open. It, but he's inverted that. So in the perspective of the movie, from Ives' perspective, um, it, it, Neil just runs out that door and goes away. But from right. Neil's perspective, he's coming reverse through time, comes through an open door of a door that he himself will open. Right. Cr crazy shit going on. Um, I, what Neil would we call this one? This is the, this is like Neil four now. Yeah. Or, or Neil terminate Four. This is the end of Neil. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> this Neil is, this Neil is dead. <laughs> Yeah, dead going, but it's it's. I was also thinking of this: is that there's no body for Neil. There can never be a. There's never a funeral, for for Neil. Like there's no body because he's. Um, oh my god, hold on! I never thought about that. Uh, there's no definitive uh, dead body of Neil. He will. He's he he he's going to go the way of those bullets that are inverted. He's just going to. The prevailing winds are going to take him. This is this is another this is another paradox of time travel, because yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, okay. <laughs> uh, you know what? We're uh, at the thirty-five minute mark, and and I'm lost now. <laughs> okay, we're fourteen. <laughs> Neil runs away uh, from the protagonist's perspective. Um, holy crap! Uh, 
our swear count has gone up through this episode, by the way. I yeah, think you, you wanted does. to keep it clean, but you're... Uh... I just want to keep the first five minutes clean. Well, we can... Okay. It's okay. This movie's for adults, so... <laughs> okay, the Dead Tenant Soldier. He's In the script, he's called Dead Tenant Soldier. Mm. Unidentified. Um, uh, yeah, and then we... It, un, unlike in the script, we cut back to the boat... Um, where um, uh, Seder uh, turns to Cat, who's kind of paused before she starts rubbing the sunscreen on him, and he states, uh, "What now?" And then that 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 that's event that's going to cut back um, uh, to the continued struggle of uh, Volkov, the protagonist, and Ives now joining in, which was where I left off last time. I am like worked up a sweat. <laughs> <laughs> There's, you know, uh, next week, yeah, next week, I want to really dive into the Ives and protagonist fight because, like, I never, and I need to watch it again, but, like, I don't understand, like, how Ives got, like, incapacitated here because, like, for, like, during the fight, like, it seems like this should be a really quick fight, right? Like, Ives and the protagonist versus this, like, tall, lanky Russian guy. It should be quick, but it's not, and I don't really understand the dynamics of it. I, I think, yeah, that Ives gets, and he. I, this is important for the end of the movie. I don't know if, like, just because we talked about the fact that there's no dead body for Neil. I think this piece of information that Ives picks up, seeing the dead tenant soldier run away, later on realizing uh, Neil's the only person who could have opened that lock, that's why Ives doesn't kill Neil, mm. even though it's clear Neil was not supposed to be down there. Yeah. Knowledge, di- we'll talk about knowledge divided. Um uh, so that's why Ives allows Neil to live, knowing that Neil is about to die. Right. So it doesn't matter. Um, it, it is interesting that they divide the algorithm up that way, and then the protagonist winds up with two out of three pieces to Ives one. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think that's a key component in that, knowing that um, <laughs> Ives has an unforeseen relationship or an off-screen relationship with the protagonist. Um Whereas we've been with these other two characters in a buddy cop fashion for so long. I think that adds to part of the mystery of Ives just as a person. You know, everyone, there's a lot of like talk on the internet that they would love to see like a tenant sequel. Uh, But you know what? I actually think this is a, this is like a nine more movie series because like each (laughs) one is going to be the search for like another piece of the algorithm. Right, because all nine there's just nine of them, right? And they're all going to be <laughs> scattered around the world. And now you've got like nine amazing James Bond type movies where where they have to find every piece. I I would I, I my pitch would be like one set in the far off future where the protagonist recruits Neil, and the, the protagonist dies saving Neil's life. I mean, that would be the most that reverse, would be it would be the exact reverse of this movie. And then we knowing that Neil comes back to do this, save the protagonist's lives. That That'd be the most poetic, but uh, Neil is too busy fighting crime in Gotham City, so uh, we got to count him out. <sighs> All right, so with that, cats with... available. Uh... <laughs> uh, this has been our longest running episode, and I'm afraid we've asked more questions than answered. <laughs> but send us your thoughts at Tenantmen on on Twitter, please, or leave a comment on on whatever platform you're listening to us on. He, and tell us, tell us we're wrong, please. Uh, <laughs> there is yeah. a wealth of people who are digging into this, and 
um, that's how I learned I was I, I was incorrect and in how the dead man switch kind of worked. And with that, thank you for listening to the Ten of Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this, please give a take a moment to rate this and review this on whatever platform you listened. Follow us uh, on Twitter at Ten of Men, um, and be assured we will continue our temporal pincer movement of this film next week. And then, until it's, then, on some timeline, it's already happened. Um, <laughs> right, we're just we're doing this we're doing this backwards. Yeah. Un until then, I'll I'll see you at the beginning. Friend. Meet you at the beginning. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.